Welcome to the Business Blast Podcast. I'm your host, Tyler Wagner. This episode is brought to you by Authors Unite. Authors Unite provides you with the support you need to finish your book. Best part is, after you finish your book, they take care of the entire publishing and marketing process 100% for you. So, if you want to become a successful author, make sure to check out AuthorsUnite.com. Now, let's jump into the episode. All right, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Business Blast podcast. I'm your host, Tyler Wagner, and today I have Matthew Pollard with us. He is the rapid growth guy, best-selling author of The Introvert's Edge, and is responsible for five multi-million dollar success stories of his own before he was 30 years old. So welcome to the show, man. Mate, very happy to be here. Thanks for having me on. Of course, man. Grateful to have you on the show. Um, So let's dive right in, man. The first one I got for you is, what is the best story from your life that has an underlying valuable message? You know, I, I think it's probably the story of how I actually got into the world of sales. I mean, these days I'm mostly known as the rapid growth guy because I talk about the importance of differentiating and finding a niche before you even get to sales to give you an advantage. However, most people kind of feel that sales is kind of that natural ability that they either have or that they don't. And so for me, I mean, I had a you know learning Dis- dis- you know, disability when I was in you know my whole life I just you know I, I had the reading speed of a sixth grader in late high school super introverted didn't know what I wanted to do with my life and you know because I found school so difficult I took a year off and made the decision that I was going to go into real estate but not to be the agent up the front but the guy in the back office doing data entry and you know with a look on my face like don't talk to me I'm here to find myself for the year and you know after it was about three weeks I'd worked for that business my my boss comes in and goes Matt I'm sorry to say this you know we've you know the, our bosses you know the head office have decided to close down this office you're you're out of a job I mean I've worked there three weeks and now I'm out of a job just before Christmas and in Australia I mean, we we go on holidays from the 20th of December to the 15th to 20th of January I mean everybody's on holidays for a month so no one's hiring except for commission only sales jobs so as an introvert that was terrifying but I had really no option so I I jumped into commission-only sales, and after five days of product training and not a single second of sales training, I got thrown on this road called Sydney Road. And, I mean, you can imagine this is over a 1,000 retail stores on both sides of the street. And I took a deep breath and went to walk into the first door and then had this somber realization. No one had told me what to say. I, I didn't know what I was doing. So I took another deep breath, walked in. I was, you know, I was told to leave. Then I was shortly after that in the next door, less politely told to leave. Then I was sworn at. I was told to get a real job. And door after door, this happened until my 93rd door where I made my first sale. And I remember I, I made $70. I was, I was ecstatic for, well, about 45 seconds until I had my next realization that I had to do this every day for the rest of the year. I mean, well, uh, you know, I promised my family I was going to support myself. So I just needed to find another way. Now, because of my reading issues, I wasn't exactly going to pick up a Brian Tracy or a Zig Ziglar book. I mean, that would have taken me the year to read, let alone, you know, actually apply it. But I did discover this new tool, which everyone knows of these days, called YouTube. And, you know, there's a lot more on there that surprised me than just cat videos or twerking videos, (laughs) which is what YouTube's full of these days, right? So I learned the steps of a sale, and that was the decision I made. Sales had to be a system, a system like any other. 
And then I focused on each element of that process. So it would be, you know, eight hours out in the field practicing the next step in the process and getting better and better. And then eight hours back at home practicing the, the process of selling. I mean, that was a really not a fun time, but for six weeks, I just kept doing it. And then I noticed that it was like, next thing it was 75 doors and then 48 doors and then 23 doors and then 17 doors and then eight doors and then three doors. About six weeks in, my employer brings me in. He's like, man, I have to admit, we're kind of blown away because I was the quiet guy in the office. He's like, we just got our national sales report for the month. You're actually the number one salesperson which actually just so happened to be the largest sales and marketing company in the Southern Hemisphere. And you know, that's what I talk about in, in my book, The Introvert's Edge, that sales is a natural process, a learnable process like anything else. The problem is we've convinced ourselves that we have to have the gift of gab or that it's this natural ability. And that's just not true. In truth, an introverted salesperson with a process will beat an extroverted salesperson hands down. Ah. Okay. Well, okay. So I'll ask you the next question. I'd love if you're willing, if you could kind of dive in a little bit to your process. I'm sure our listeners would be interested. Um, so the next one I have for you is what is the most valuable piece of information we should know that's within your expertise or industry? Well, I'd love to say it was about sales. I mean, there, you know, I just did a huge number of presentations for Oracle, but I, I help a lot of small businesses create these value articulated stories, which is what I find is the missing element from a sales process. But one of the things, and, you know, I give away the first chapter of my book at theintrovertsedge.com, and I actually define the seven steps in the sales process. Perfect. And each one of those steps, one of the rules that I have is, you know, if you do nothing more than just grab the chapter headings, and, you know, while a lot of people, you know, are trying to fill their first chapter with fluff to try and get you to buy the book, mine literally has the full outline of the full seven steps. And if you do nothing more than write down those chapter headings, put in what you currently say into that, and then look at where the gaps are and fill in those gaps. And you'll find a lot of those gaps are going to be asking the right questions and then telling not just stories, the customer wanted this and then they received this, but value articulated stories, then you're going to get, I mean, you'll double your sales in the next 60 days. But that's not actually what I would say the key level of my experience is. I mean, one of the things that I learned about business is people, you know, they, they qualify themselves by their functional skill. And the best example I can have of that is Wendy, a language coach out of California, you know, came to me and she was really struggling. She came to me for sales advice. I mean, she said, you know, I teach kid, kids and adults Mandarin and I've been successfully charging $50 to $80 an hour for private consultation for nearly, ten, well, over 10 years. And she said, but the problem is there's all these people moving into California that are also willing to teach Mandarin for $30 to $40 an hour to start their businesses. Thanks to this global economy that we live in, people are advertising from China on Craigslist to do it for $12 an hour. And thanks to our friends on Craigslist, you know, uh, sorry, thanks to our friends in Silicon Valley, they've decided that they can now offer, you know, free education. You know, you teach me Mandarin, I'll teach you English. We won't charge each other anything. So how do I compete against this? I'm like, Wendy, there's no way you can compete against free. Sure, I can teach you some sales techniques, but at the end of the day, it's this long spiral to the bottom if you can only compete on price. So what we did is we looked at all the clients that she worked with and what we discovered was that there were two clients and it really was only two, these were executives being relocated across to China that she helped with more than just language tuition. I mean, she helped them understand this concept called Galaxy, which, you know, for us, I mean, it's our version of rapport. So, you know, if I was trying to sell you something, you know, I might sit down for 45 minutes and then say, if I was a bad salesperson, do you want to move forward? And you'll say, yes, no, or everyone's favorite, let me think about it, right? And then 
if I said to you a week from now, do you, do you want to go ahead? And you still said you wanted to think about it. I know my chances of getting that sale are going down and down, right? In China, they want to meet with you five or six times before they even discuss business. They probably want to see you drunk over karaoke once or twice. I mean, it's just the kind of people they are because they're not talking about transactional or 12 or 24-month agreements. They're talking about 50 to 100-year deals. So they want to get to know you and she helped them understand that. She also helped them understand things like the difference between e-commerce in China and e-commerce in the Western world. And the third, probably the most important, the importance of respect, like how you have to treat a, a business card with care, which is a lot different than what we do in the Western world, just throw it in our pocket and keep talking. And learning the act language isn't enough. You've got to reduce your accent. And I said to her, when you're doing so much more for these people than just private language tuition, what are you doing? She's like, I'm, you know, I'm just trying to, I'm trying to help. And I said, you're stuck in your functional skill. Like so many people that are listening today, they do so much more than just the functional skill of what they do, which is why their customers sing their praises and are happy to pay them what they actually are worth. But with a new client, they don't see that value yet. And I said to Wendy, is it fair to assume as a result of this assistance, they're going to be more successful in China? She's like, yeah. I mean, I said, so why don't we create the, you know, forget about focusing on the Mandarin, let's call you the China Success Coach and let's create a China Success Intensive, which turned out to be a five-week program that worked with the executive, the spouse, and any children being relocated across to China. Now, she loved the idea, but she didn't know who to sell it to. And I'm like, well, who do you think your ideal client would be? And she's like, well, obviously the executive. And I'm like, well, yeah, I mean, I'd be terrified if I, you know, I moved from Australia to the United States and I was terrified and people here speak the same language. I said, but not your ideal client. I said, she said, well, obviously organizations will pay. And I said, yeah, well, I mean, they've got hundreds of thousands, if not millions of dollars riding on success, you know, the executive being successful, but still not your ideal client. She's like, well, who then? And I said, your ideal client is the immigration attorney. She looked at me puzzled and I said, think about it. These guys make like, you know, five to $7,000 for doing the visa, all the paperwork and bureaucracy and finding the clients, which isn't, you know, which isn't cheap. They'd be lucky to make $3,000. So just offer them $3,000 for a successful introduction. They thought it was an amazing idea. So I, they, they were like, well, what do I have to say? We say, congratulations, you've just got your visa. I just want to double check you're as ready as possible to be relocated across to China. And they'd be like, well, you know, we've got our visa sorted now. Thank you. We've got our place sorted. We're learning the language. Kids are getting pretty good at it too. I think we're set. And they just respond with, there's a lot more to it than that. I think you need to speak to the China success coach. I mean, Wendy got on the phone with these customers that were terrified to go. Companies were motivated to pay and she charged $30,000 for this program. So instead of struggling to charge $50 to $80 an hour, she made $27,000 for the easiest sale in the world. And it all came from looking at the things she did outside the scope of her functional skill, e-commerce, respect, and Galaxy, and then saying, what's the higher level benefit of that China success? I mean, if you look at it, I'm a business coach, I'm a branding expert, I'm a master in neurolinguistic programming. I'm so many things. Nobody cares. But when I say... I'm the rapid growth guy. I help service provider businesses obtain rapid growth. The simplicity of that message combined with the niche that I've disclosed and a great sales system gets me heard in a crowded market and converts clients so much easier than trying to compete in a commoditized market on price. Absolutely, man. Dude, that was, I think, potentially the best answer to that question. <laughs> that was awesome, man. You're <laughs> um, welcome, man. So the next one I have for you is what is your best piece of overall business advice and so not necessarily industry specific? Yeah, I mean, my biggest piece of advice is actually taking a step back. I mean, so many people, especially in this instant gratification society that we live in these days, it's always about we need to be doing things. We need to be doing things to get the outcomes. And that's true. But a lot of people do things without thinking. And I'll give you an example. Like, 
you know, I, I told this story of Wendy on the on on the stage at the National Freelance Conference in Austin, Texas. Nearly two hundred people in the room, and we went through this five step worksheet to you know create your unified message and discover your niche of willing to buy clients. And we spent forty five minutes on this, and I said at the end of that. You know, who here believes they now have a great niche market that they're going to be able to make more money out of and a message that's going to make those people like, fall over themselves to want to buy? And like 97% of the room put their hands up. And then I said at the end of that, you know, keep your hands up if this is the most time you spent in marketing. And like 85% of the room kept their hands up. I mean, this was a 45-minute session. The sad thing is that most people don't take a step back to fly forward. I mean, I see business very much like a, you know, like a bow and arrow. Sometimes you need to pull back just for a second with your effort and focus it elsewhere so you can fly forward, which is why one of the things that I always tell people is you don't need to hire me as a, as a coach. You just got to do the exercise. And that's why I tell people, like, if they want to, you know, create their unified message and discover a niche of willing to buy clients, I give away that five-week, uh, that five-step worksheet at matthewpollard.com forward slash growth. But in truth, this is a process or a mindset you need to take into every element of your business. You need to block out time for what's important to drastically improve the outcomes that you have moving forward so you can get better results. What I find is so many people focus on just the tactics of the doing that they spend no time on the advice, the, the strategy. And because of that, they spend all this time, especially in sales and marketing, you know, going to networking events and saying that they don't work because they're doing them wrong and then writing proposals for customers that are never going to read them anyway and then chasing them up. It's a, a, a vicious cycle or a hamster wheel of constantly working hard instead of taking a step back and looking at the strategy and then flying forward. And if you could give your younger self one piece of advice, what would that be? I used to be very similar to that. I had the fast act, you know, I, I, when I was, I went back to university when I was later in, in life and, you know, did my MBA. And one of the things that, that, fun, that came to me is I discovered in a, in a subject that was more around soft skills that I had this fast action culture. I was very similar. I had to always focus on the doing, on the doing, on the doing, on the doing. So, you know, while I would spend time learning, I was looking for those instant results. So I was always, you know, what could I do now to improve my results tomorrow? And I think for me, if I had have told myself five years earlier, and, you know, I have a very successful career. I can only imagine if I had heard this advice earlier, you know, if you take a five-year approach and look at what the strategy is over the next five years as opposed to tomorrow, you're going to get a much better result. I would have loved to have heard that. I may not have listened though. <laughs> yeah. um, and kind of going a little bit down a different path, in your opinion, what is the key to happiness? You know, it's funny. I've Everyone talks about the fact that I created five multi-million dollar success stories before the age of 30. They never asked me if I was happy during that. And I can tell you, I mean, in 2007, I won a Young Achiever Award. And, you know, I had, a, you know, a, at that stage, a $4.2 million annual business. And, you know, I was winning awards and I was probably one of the, the biggest names in telecommunications, in Australia, that is. And I remember going home, looking out my window, and I was absolutely miserable. And I was like, if this is what success likes, you can keep it. What I've learned is you can't be successful to prove other people wrong which at that stage is what I was doing. And then once you figure out the money situation, 
you don't want to be in a business with customers you hate. I mean, I can tell you, I can create rapid growth out of anything, but nothing's worse than having a rapid growth business with customers you don't like in a business you don't enjoy being part of, right? And what happens is when we don't have enough money, we're all focused on the money element. But then what I've realized is so many people are willing to trade in what they're passionate about for what's practical to get to that money. In truth, once you get to the money element, then you wish you didn't trade in the, pa- the passions. So what I've learned is if you focus in on what your passions are, and that's, you know, in, in my podcast, The Better Business Coach, I have a podcast episode called Forget About Goals, Why is the Key to Success? Because what I've learned is if you focus and fr- and, and focus on what you're passionate about and you don't, you, you don't waver from that and you know why that's important, then all of a sudden the way to monetize what you're passionate about all of a sudden appears. But if you keep hedging, then you don't ever see that. I mean, in neuro-linguistic programming, we learn we're presented with 2 million bits of information every single second. Our brain, the supercomputer that it is, though, processes about 126. So what we tend to do is delete, distort, and generalize everything we see, feel, hear, and touch based on our beliefs, values, past experiences, and a subset of that is our goals. So while I'd like to think I'm a great coach, in truth, just getting people to double down on what they truly want and understand, more importantly, why they want it, allows them to see opportunities that are right there in front of them. I mean, there's a, a Jim Carrey quote that, I mean, he, he, he won this amazing award and he said, you know, my father was a funny comedian too. But the problem was that, you know, he decided to do, take the practical choice and become an accountant instead. And years later, his dad was laid off. And there's this whole story about how Jim Carrey ended up being the cleaner at his high school. And he said, I learned many things from my father, but nothing more important than you can fail at what you don't want. So why not take a chance at what you love? Mm-hmm. I remember that uh, speech as well. Um, the next one is, what is the best book that you've read and what was the number one thing you learned from it? You know, I think it was actually at an early age, but I'm a big fan of, you know, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And the reason for it is, and it was actually the, the second one, the cash flow quadrant that impressed me. And there were two reasons. One is that the book was written more like a novel which is why my book, The Introvert's Edge, is also written as a novel because, you know, I wanted people to, you know, I mean, learning sales as an introvert can be daunting. I wanted people to have the opportunity to to laugh out loud and actually enjoy the process, which is why, you know, I wanted it to be written like a novel. But the thing that I loved predominantly, the biggest epiphany in that book, was that he talks about the fact that most people tend to gravitate to only earning income the way they've always earned income, right? So he breaks this quadrant for, you know, you're an employee, you're self-employed, you're a business owner, or you're an investor. And he said the hardest thing to do is to go from one of those boxes to the other because you always gravitate back to the box that you know that is stable. And he talks about the fact that most people never make millions because they – they they don't know they, they're waiting for the light to be green along the way and then they don't like the the insecurity of not knowing all the answers which is why people get stuck in that and you know i've spent my life making sure that my mindset doesn't get in the way of the success that i know i deserve and i feel like most people their mindset is their biggest hurdle to growing which is why i would suggest definitely people should pick up that book and, and give it a read and uh what is your favorite quote and why so my favorite quote is and it's really around the fact that you know your life can be different so it says at every moment at every second you decide who you are and what you believe in you get a second chance every second the thing i love about that and it's not you know not about changing religions and things like that it's about understanding that your mindset your point of view and the way you view the world 
is a is a projection, not reality, based on the way you view your, the world, based on your beliefs and values and past experiences and your goals. And you can change those paradigms at any at, at any time to redesign the way the world looks and the way the world works for you. I love it, dude. Thank you so much for coming on. This was an amazing interview. Um, <laughs> Glad. Thanks for having me. Of course, man. Just uh, one last thing. I, I think you did mention it a few times, but just to make sure our audience knows uh, where to find you online. So where, where's the best place for them to connect with you? Yeah, definitely. I mean, the, the probably the people that want to learn the sales process, go to the introvertsedge.com. As I said, the, the free chapter is there. You can also get the, because it's an audio book as well, you can get the, the free audio uh, segment on, on there as well. Uh, there's also a podcast there. So if you're introverted and you want to understand a lot more about why you actually have an edge as, as an introvert, that's probably the place to go. But for the people that own a business, totally suggest you go to the uh, to matthewpollard.com forward slash growth. Download that worksheet and you, you know, find a friend and buddy up with them and coach each other. Spend two hours in lockdown and get that unified message and discover that niche. But in truth, you can type in my name, Matthew Pollard, pretty much anywhere in Google and, you know, I'll take up the next couple of pages. So you can find me anywhere. And I give away a heap of free content on all of my social profiles as well. So you can definitely connect with me there too. Perfect. Thank you again for coming on, man. Mate, you're very welcome. Very happy to have you here.